yeah. Times Square, everybody. All right, then I got two more things about comics. Okay, continue. DC, they have announced their big annual uh, um, crossover. It's going to be this multi-universe thing called... Um... Hold on a minute. <laughs> I, you know, I'm wondering, because, because DC doesn't technically have a cinematic universe, do you think they're going to have a one? cinematic cross-universe crossover? That'd be funny. That'd be the but, funniest fucking thing. Well, did you read this thing about Convergence? Yeah, I did. Okay, so it's going to be combining um, characters from the New 52 and... Uh, <laughs> this is the Green Arrow Green and, and the Flash from the Justice League movie. Yeah. Reading Green Arrow and the Flash from the TV show. Right. <laughs> that, would also, that would be awesome. Do you think that, like, they, you think Green Lantern would work on the CW, like, introducing that character? I want to see bigger names in that show. In Arrow? And you could do, like, a, yeah, or Flash, I don't care. You could do Green Lantern, because there's 50 million of them. You don't have to, like, pick one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the biggest name that they had for me was Deathstroke, and yeah, they handled but him he's really like, well. Yeah, but to be fair, that's, like, I mean, he doesn't have powers. I want to see, like... Uh, I want to see like a major fucking no because this the Flash and Arrow are hands down significantly better than Smallville ever was but um, I want to see like a really big you know heavy hitter kind of hero appear in one of these shows because to me the Flash and Green Arrow both are just kind of like suddenly second tier suddenly Batman appears on both I mean he's not that's not gonna happen but at least give us a Green Lantern give us something. Yeah. Like, uh, the, you know who they should do? They should do the Green Arrow. Like, Green Arrow will meet Arrow, and he'll be like, it used to be called Green Arrow. Yeah, you lost Why me. don't they call it Green Arrow? Why do they call it Arrow? Because, uh, the character Oliver Queen in the show made a joke once where, uh, the, char- uh, the actor John Barrowman, who plays Merlin... Mm-hmm. was sitting across the table one time and there was this big family conversation they they made a comment like uh yeah the hood or the vigilante like he needs a new name and Oliver Queen was like yeah well what do you got in mind and Merlin was just like well Green Arrow and he said lame it's a terrible name <laughs> but Arrow that bit I like that yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't like this idea of reinventing superheroes, especially ones that don't need reinventing. Yeah. We've never had Green Arrow. Well, they had Green Arrow in Smallville. Smallville. But did they call him that? I don't fucking... I, I didn't watch Smallville. Queen. Um, you know, I'd like to see... Because uh, the only thing I really know about Green Arrow is Alan Tudyk. I hope I pronounced the name right. He was on Firefly. He did the voice for Green Arrow in the Unjustice Gods Among Us game. Yeah. And was awesome. Like, he was... My favorite thing about the game. And it'd be really awesome to see him as Green Arrow. That was your favorite thing about the game. I, yeah. You know who I didn't like in that? I didn't like the Joker. Why didn't they get Mark Hamill? Didn't they Mark Hamill say he's done with it? He always says that. Yeah. Like, literally every couple of years. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know then. They got Kevin Conroy. Does, isn't Mark Hamill coming back to the Flash as the trickster? Is that a thing? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> I thought I thought I shared this on your timeline at one point on Facebook. I must have. Possibly. I don't look at computers. 
Mark Hamill joins the Flash as the trickster. Really? Stated by Variety. That's wonderful. Yep. Okay. I'll fucking watch okay, that Okay, let's see. Mark Hamill will be returning to a galaxy far, far away in the near future, but before again, blah, 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 Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. A villain from the Flash's rogues gallery, whom Hamill first portrayed in CBS's iteration of the superhero series in the 90s. According to HitFix, Hamill will appear in the 17th episode of the Flash. Wow, that's pretty fucking soon. Uh in the Flash's freshman season with a new twist on his old character. In this new iteration, the trickster is an anarchist terrorist con... Oh. Man, serving uh. a life sentence in Iron Heights who helps Barry and Detective West to foil a citywide attack of a wannabe trickster eagerly following in the original's deadly footsteps. The episode will reunite him with John Wesley's ship... What? Who went up against him as the original Flash on the C... What? <laughs> on the CBS version, ship plays Barry's father in the city. What? I didn't even know that! Yeah. Jesus Christ. His acting got much better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. That'll be fun. Yeah, sure. Um. Yeah, so. <laughs> Convergence. It's Convergence. going to, uh. The, the basic premise is that Brainiac has uh, taken heroes from all of these different uh, continuities, and it'll be like New 52, pre-New 52, shit in the future that hasn't even happened yet. Like, Elseworlds, like I'm assuming, like, I don't know, um, fucking what? Superman Red Outworld. Sun. Outworld. Elseworlds. Outworld. Whatever. Sure, them too. <laughs> uh, they were in fucking... DC versus Mortal Kombat. Why not? Uh, and then it's gonna pay, put people, and they're gonna live in a giant space honeycomb. Michael, that's the premise. You're making that up. No. You're making you bullshit. Says all it of right the, here. You bullshitted all of this news, Tyler. <laughs> they live in a giant honeycomb in space, and I bet they have to fight each other. Do they fuck as well? Is this uh, where your fan fiction is going? Well, if you know, you have all those people. And they're living alone in a big space honeycomb. Yeah, there's just going to be some I'm waiting for the Michael. Brainiac Wonder Woman chapter. Mm. You know, I bet the I bet the old John Constantine would hate the new John Constantine. I hope that that... Actually, whoa, you just made me excited for this because that could happen. <laughs> it could. And they could meet the one from the TV show, too. And he That'd doesn't cool. smoke nearly as much. Yeah. Everyone will be smoking and Matt Ryan will just be standing there. He's like, there. nah, I'll just have one. That's what I do. I just, I'm going to play with one, the lighter. I'll have one at the end of the issue, but just one. I don't want to make kids think I'm a big smoker. Yeah. Um. Now, honestly, though, I think I think original I think original John Constantine would fucking hate New 52 John Constantine. <clears throat> yeah, probably. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, and then <clears throat> to counter that, Marvel's big thing is Secret Wars again. Secret Wars again. Is that what it's called? Secret Wars again? Yeah. Secret Wars. Again. Uh, quotations again. <laughs> I assume. I don't know. It's called Secret Wars and it's a big thing. Uh, it's got The next Spider-Man film has just got to be Spider-Man again. Yeah. Batman again. <laughs> it's, uh, um, yeah. So they'll do Spectacular Spider-Man and Superior Spider-Man. Then Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. And each time it'll get worse and worse. <laughs> So, like, God, can it to, get worse? They have to make like a, a a better adjective each time to sell people. They're like, no, seriously, this time. This time it's, it's ultimate. Yeah. 
I remember there was a game. It was a Metal Gear spin-off game. And it was Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. So I think, I, yeah, I remember that. So I think they're just going to get to the point where they're just going to fucking make words up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Why not? Speaking of video games, did you play... You did not. I already asked you this. That uh, Telltale Games, Game of Thrones? I did not. God, it's so fucking good. You should play it. I should. It's No, like, what I really like is they... The writing was fantastic. I don't know if, like, they used people from the show, like, the show's writers, but it felt like an episode of Game of Thrones. Like, the basic premise is you're playing as, um... Uh, House Forester, which is something that's completely made up, uh, I think, because I've never heard of it. I've read the books. Um, but it's like a smaller house that backs Rob Stark, and it takes place at the beginning of the Red Wedding. Um, it starts at the beginning of the Red Wedding, so like you're in the camp. Do you, you follow Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, am I saying all of this to somebody who doesn't even fucking know? <laughs> What's a Red Wedding, what guys? Is that? is that when someone spills wine <laughs> on their wedding I couldn't dress? I not remember. Um, <laughs> uh, but so you're playing as like the squire, and it jumps around. You play as like different characters. Uh-huh. Um, uh and one of them, you know, um, I guess I, I, I could spoil the beginning a little bit because it doesn't matter. Um, you're playing as the squire for this knight from this smaller house, the Foresters. Um, and after the Red Wedding, when I, like the phrase go crazy and start attacking everybody, the knight and his son get, gets killed. Do they show the Red Wedding or is it just... Like... No, you're outside of it. Because okay. it's from, you know, this one person's perspective, so you won't see it. Okay. But, uh... Fuck, that was a brutal scene to watch. <laughs> oh, dude, you had no idea. Like, reading it, because I had no idea going in. Well, I guess maybe you didn't either when you were watching it, but I was just like, okay, yeah. And they're going to have the wedding, but the whole chapter just kind of feels funny. Yeah, even when they're filming the scene, too, like when they lock the door and people are sitting well, in the yeah, rafters. Well, yeah, you, you at least see that. Um, but the only indication that something's wrong up until she finds out that uh, Roose Bolton's wearing chainmail, Lady Catelyn does, um, is they're like, and then they start playing the Reigns of Castamere, which, having read the books, like, he, he mentions so many songs and so many things that the Reigns of Castamere, to me at that point, I didn't recognize it, because obviously when you're reading a book, you've never fucking heard it. Yeah. Um, so I just forgot that that was, like, the Lannister theme song. <laughs> um, See, I didn't so even like, know that. Yeah, well, like, at least, I don't know, in the show, I loved the way they did it, because, like, it shows, you know, the violinist's playing it yeah and then you just hear it and it's like oh god but even the way that they're playing it is so menacing yeah that you're like even if you don't recognize it which you should because they play it all the fucking time yeah they did and it, it felt like it was a familiar theme but i didn't know it was a last theme. it was did, did you hear the nationals version of it it's the ending theme song to the battle of the Blackwater episode oh yeah which yeah. was so fucking good i love that show so much yeah i have problems with it but i, I watch it the, the TV show was a little bit more brutal because you didn't... In the book, um, his wife, I can't think of her name in the show or in the books, which are two different names, um, but she wasn't there. He just keeps her at her... Uh-huh. Uh, her, her, her father's house because he's not retarded. Um, and he just tells the phrase that he married somebody. So it's only Rob and, like, the immediate family get killed. So it wasn't him and, like, his unborn child and Fuck, getting that was, stabbed that was and rough. pregnant... <laughs> Stomach. That's got to be like literally the most fucked up fucking thing ever shown on television. Well, I mean, it's HBO. Yeah, but still, it's like 
even for HBO, even for regular movies, fucking stabbing a woman in her very pregnant stomach over and over and over again. That's a pretty fucked up image. Well, I mean, that's something that like, the Walking Dead comics, not did exactly, but they had something that was very similar to that. Yeah, they mm. didn't put that in the show. Yeah, that's not going to be on AMC. That's not going to be it. As much as I respect AMC for pushing the envelope and what you can put on show, TV. Yeah. On basic cable. That's fucking not going to be in there no matter how hard you, how hard you See, try. See, that's where, like, I, I don't watch Walking Dead, but that's where I, I like, I still kind of put uh, Breaking Bad a little bit above Game of Thrones. Especially as, like, a TV thing, because Game of Thrones, I love the books, and I love the story. Um, I don't really have the perspective of only having watched the show, so I can't really judge it. Mm. Um I really did like Breaking Bad. It's a terrible show to try and binge watch, let me tell you. Oh, I did. I fucking, yeah. like, because I did not watch Breaking Bad up until the last season when everybody was talking about it, and I was like, all right, I'll just fucking I, watch. Because, like, I knew that I would like it. I didn't think, I wasn't, like, thumbing my nose at it. It's yeah. just, you know, I was in, you know, real college at that point. <laughs> um, I was so, like, like, I was too busy to fucking watch the show ever. And then when the finale came on and people were just, like, freaking out about Jesus. it. I, watched it all in like a fucking week <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did the same i uh i actually watched the first two seasons when it was on a weekly basis on amc and then i, I kind of stopped watching it um and then i got back into it and binged watched the entire series in a couple days and it mm. was the most depressing thing you can imagine sitting in a college dorm room and just marathoning yeah no but uh no um, breaking bad was fantastic i but that's why, like, I think it, uh, for my money, is a better television show than Game of Thrones because it has to be. It doesn't have the option of throwing in all this gore or sexuality. It really has to focus it has exclusively to stand on, on the story. Yeah. And it doesn't have the budget that Game of Thrones has either, so you can't even, like, lean on really good cinematography. Because um, there are a lot of really weak episodes of Game of Thrones, honestly. And part of that, it's not the fault of the writers. It's just because of the narrative. The story slows down. so fucking sweeping that, yeah, you do have to slow down in parts just to show what's going on yeah. in the rest of the world. And I don't think Breaking Bad ever had that point for me. I mean, it took a, it took a little while no, to see I can't where think that, of a that single footing was episode. going. Yeah. yeah, there were a few episodes in the first season. I'd say, like, it took me maybe three episodes to get really fucking hooked. Yeah. Um, but once, once but you get in But by the end of the first there, season, yeah, yeah it's, you're, you're fucking done. Once once Heisenberg is born, yeah. this, it becomes a completely different show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's a show that has to rest solely on the strength of the story and the performances of the actors. I remember Vince... Because Game of Thrones does that thing that pisses me off with, like, the fucking sex position. Yeah. Where they'll just shovel tits into a scene where they have to talk about, you know, do a lot of expository dialogue, so they have to throw in naked women so you'll pay attention, and I think that's the most fucking... A, it's sexist, and B, it's juvenile. (laughs) Did you ever see the SNL sketch where Andy Samberg plays uh, the 14-year-old boy writing Game of Thrones? No. He's like... There, it, it's it's like one of those uh, behind the scenes kind of commentary things where they're showing like all of the writers and they're like, yeah, we had George R. R. Martin sitting in on every episode as executive producer, and we also had a fourteen-year-old boy as a correspondent. And he's oh, like, God. yeah, this scene where they were talking about the war, I told them to put in like sixty boobs, <laughs> and I was like, it's 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 fucking true. It's it's the most juvenile thing in the world to do that, and. It's just, it's fucking, yeah, it's fucking sexist. I don't want to come off as, like, a uh, uh, one of those jackasses <laughs> with the overly PC, because I'm not. I think, you know, do whatever you want. But, yeah, it, it's, it's stupid. It's fucking demeaning, and it doesn't really... 
it doesn't add anything of artistic merit to the show whatsoever. It's yeah. literally just boobs, so you'll fucking pay attention. Yeah. And it is that's and see and that's one of my issues that I have with the show and that's why I don't like it as much as I would something like Breaking Bad. Yeah. And I remember I think it was Vince Gillian and he was talking about uh in one episode of Breaking Bad, what they wanted to do is they wanted to take an electric sander to someone's face, mm-hmm. and they got a letter back from AMC, and AMC like wrote them this really long-winded thing like, listen, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. At the very end of it, they said, listen, they don't even pull that shit on Dexter, okay? Yeah. So pull it back a bit. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Breaking Bad, they, it, it, it fucking sucks you in. It's just because it's brilliant fucking writing, brilliant fucking performances, it just... Top, one of the top ten shows that on television, period. It has to be. Um, <laughs> Every other show that was on at the same time as Breaking Bad was so fucking pissed off at Brian Cranston, like, and the Lee and the and the the best the Emmy goes to the best actor Brian Cranston for Breaking Bad. And I mean, well, no, for he, a while, it's yeah. It was just it was, it was just Brian Cranston and Game of Thrones were yeah. the two Emmy shows. Period. Yeah. And fucking Big Bang Theory because comedy. Yeah, it, it was like uh, you know, best actor but goes. Fuck to, Big Bang Theory so hard. I hate that show. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, best actor goes to Brian Cranston. Best supporting actor goes to Aaron Paul. Like for what four years in a row or yeah, something. Seriously. And you, you see everyone's face there. He deserved there. it, though, dude. Every- I saw him in... Uh, did you see All the Way? I didn't, know. God, it was so but, good. But everyone's face there was just like, yeah, I mean, it sucks that I didn't win, but mm. I watched that show. <laughs> yeah, no, he was... Yeah. He uh, was brilliant. I brought up um, All the Way. For those of you who aren't in the New York area and aren't, you know, up on Broadway shit, All the Way was a Broadway show that Brian Cranston did last summer, or this past summer um where he played lyndon baines johnson and when you see these big broadway celebrity shows um with you know television and film celebrities there's always this weird thing where like they'll be good but they're the worst part of the show because everybody else is theater actors and they understand the medium a lot better such was not the case with this holy fuck brian cranston was amazing and that to me is like when you could tell someone is a real fucking good actor because you can't fake it on stage um in film you could go again and again and again until you get like the real good take and then even after that it's kind of an editor's art where they can make a bad performance seem good yeah um on stage it's just you and the audience and jesus christ he was fucking captivating the entire way through and it looked so exhausting um anyway I remember my girlfriend, she didn't actually watch Breaking Bad. She, I don't believe she has any real interest in watching Breaking Bad. She started it a couple times. Yeah, she likes prequels. But, <laughs> but um, I'm not going to tell her you said that. Uh, but I got to the point where I was watching. Well, it's good to know that she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it got to the point where uh, I sent her a text message because... Uh, and I sent her the picture of Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle in his tidy whities And I said, you know, you know that you have just excellent, excellent filmmakers, or not showrunners, behind a show, when you can make this person, and I sent her that picture, seem more intimidating than this person. And I sent her a picture of Danny Trejo, who was in a couple episodes of yeah, that series. Yeah, yeah. Gets his head cut off. And placed on a turtle. Tortoise. And blown up. Yeah. Oh, also, spoiler alert. Yeah, whatever. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, I don't want you to listen to this anyway. Just kidding. <laughs> I want everybody to listen to this. 
Tyler Pino. Yeah, I don't want you guys to listen to this. Uh, unless you're all that fucks in Colorado. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, good lord. Um, I yeah. have friends in Colorado. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry, Colorado. <laughs> we have listeners in Colorado. Don't. The Colorado's fine by me, folks. So is everywhere else. I don't give a shit. A person's geographical location does not determine whether they are or are not a douchebag unless it's Texas. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of off-time jive, ladies and gentlemen. He's been drinking. He's grumpy. Drinking he, he just he cola. just had his catheter removed. He's just all sorts of mad. Listen, this Game of Thrones game, it was really good. Check it out. God, it makes up for that fucking horrible rpg that came out a couple years ago <laughs> I, I did play that that was god awful i i don't understand but this was exactly what a game of thrones game should literally be, game which, of it, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing because it would be hard to make an actual fully realized like real console game um this was you know of course the telltale games which i'm not trying to shit on them but they're you know smaller terms and smaller it's not, scale it's not a it's real, not a real game. video game no i mean it's not like a it's not fucking grand theft auto 5 it's something that you could play on your iphone um and you can download it on the app store it's really good but it's 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 more you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of like game of thrones because um, it should no you remember like you the walking dead it game? reminds me of something like really 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 old computer games before there were graphics and things where you would just be like you're walking in a dungeon and then you have to make some choices it's literally that oh only like they i have, have no mouth and i'm a scream kind of yeah, thing. yeah yeah it's literally that kind of thing only there's you know graphics and voices and stuff it's, it's all based on choices it's a little point and click action stuff too but you know what like did you play the walking dead games um we covered this a couple days ago i played the first episode and, no, you uh, and I spoke about this uh, a couple days ago. It was not on the show. Oh, so, so it didn't exist. Um, well, and people listening to this aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that conversation you guys had when uh, you just fucking well, they should. 69ing on Times Square. Well, they should because our audience is omnipotent, and uh, I respect them very much, unlike my fucking Tyler Pino here who just shits on everyone. Anyways... So... I did play the first episode of the Walking Dead video game. Okay, well, as they went a little bit further, I guess, uh... It got more... Oh, did you play the first season or the first episode? The first episode, yeah. Okay. Well, as it got... It progressed a little bit. It got a little bit too action-oriented, like it wanted to be, like, a, a, a real console game where you have to, like... But the controls do not work for that. If you're playing on an iPhone or you're playing on your, like, laptop... I played it on Xbox, but even then, it's like it, the, the controls are clunky. Yeah. Um, so you can't turn it into an action adventure game. It just doesn't work like that. And besides, that's not its fucking charm. Who gives a shit? And I've noticed that with the Game of Thrones game, they scaled that back tremendously. Like, there are a couple of things that you have to do with points and clicks and all silly stuff, but uh, for the most part, you know, the, the core of the gameplay is just coming from questions and making choices and. This one, you fly around and you play as different characters. Um, it jumps around just like the show does. Uh, you start out playing with the squire. Then it moves on to um, the young lordling whose name... Oh, Ethan Forrester is his name. And he was a really interesting character. Uh, he's a lot, he, a little bit like Bran. He's in the same kind of position where he's young and he's thrust into this uh, 
seat of power. So by the next game, he'll be 19. Right. Um, Yeah. Play the game. Uh, And you, you do interact with some characters from the show, in which I... What I did like is they're not huge parts of it, with the exception of Marjorie Terrell. She's a pretty big uh, character that you have to meet and talk to. But you talk to Marjorie, you talk to Tyrion and Cersei at one point, you talk to... Uh... Did Peter Dinklage do the voice work Yes, yes, they got the actual voice actors to do them all. That's fucking um, awesome. Yeah. And you interact a lot with Ramsay fucking Snow. Oh, fuck <sighs> that guy. Dude, and you know, in the show... Really, all that he's been so far is uh, the guy torturing uh, Theon Greyjoy. Yeah. Which is fine, because fuck Theon Greyjoy. <laughs> oh, God, I hate that guy so much. I, I really think that Theon... It, it needs to be worse. It needs to be worse. Oh, it's it's about as bad as it's going to get at this point. But um, Although, I, I will say this. I did want that little prick, Joffrey, to get the Theon treatment. Well, here's the thing. Um... In the show, you wouldn't necessarily know it yet. But Ramsay Snow is hands down a million times worse than Joffrey. He's like literally the embodiment of evil. And I was thinking this as I was playing the game um, uh, and just thinking about the books and stuff. Because uh, I, like, after he, he I'm not going to say what he does, he factors into the end. Um, and the end is one of those, like, really big. Like, holy fuck, did that just happen kind of things. Like, to the point that I had to play it three times over to make sure that I wasn't just making the wrong choices. But, <laughs> but, uh, I won't spoil the ending, because I really want you to play this game um, and go in fresh. But he 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 makes me think... He is exactly... That character is exactly what the Joker should be, and what the Joker once was for a while, but never seems to be that way anymore. Yeah, that's because Batman's a children's show. We gotta make it built to the kiddies. I mean, well, what, what I mean is, like, and Heath Ledger got pretty close in Nolan's interpretation, but even then he was way too likable, in my opinion. Yeah. Because there are people that, like, I would argue that most people like the Joker more than you like Batman. Yeah. And you shouldn't. Because, because Joker's a sadistic psychopath. He needs to be the embodiment of pure evil, and he needs to be pure chaos, and that's exactly what Ramsey Snow is. Like, I love that character, but I do not like that character. I think he's very well <laughs> written, and I appreciate that it's a character that lives... But I, like, fucking, dude, it, like, weapons-grade hatred is what I feel for this <laughs> character when he comes on screen. I'm like, I want him to fucking die! Like, oh my god. <clears throat> I don't know if it's possible to, um, like... <laughs> rape a fictional character to death through the eye socket but that's what i want to do to ramsey snow like you don't want to hang out with ramsey snow you don't want to ha- like the joke you don't want to cosplay as ramsey snow you don't want to you don't want to be associated with that at all but the joker you're like oh he's fucking awesome everybody loves the joker for, for the people that i couldn't see tyler <laughs> pino's facial expression in that moment i now know i gave myself a charlie horse just now <laughs> My body is rebelling against me. <laughs> I now know what my Ty- hatred. I now know what Tyler Pino's face looks like when he's constipated. Oh no, dude! Like that, God! When my asshole is ripping apart, maybe, but not constipated. I, w- I wouldn't liken my feelings towards Ramsey to constipation. That's like how I feel about Joffrey. Like, oh, this is an inconvenience. That would be like testicular torsion. Ramsey <laughs> is testicular torsion. Oh, God. But George R. R. Martin is really good at writing those kinds of characters, you know what I mean? 
Like, just a character that you just fucking hate. Yeah. He's done it so many times. uh, Yeah, I don't think... And, you know, I think the reason why I I don't... A lot of people will say that about Joffrey, and a lot of people will say that about Walder Frey, but to that, I just, like, read the books. Or go play this game. Yeah, because... You will want to murder him. Because the thing that I've I've seen in the show... Because in the show, you only ever really see Ramsay Snow Yeah, he hasn't had a lot to do yet. Uh, well, you only ever see him with Theon, and when you see him with Theon, you're like, oh, yeah, the prick totally deserves it. Mm-hmm. So it makes you not hate him, right. you know? But um, I also, I wrote his name down specifically because I wanted to just, you know, point out how fucking good he is. Uh, Ewan. McGregor. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Loved him. Uh, Ewan Rion, which sounds and looks like a fucking Game of Thrones name. It does. Uh, and so, have you seen the actors in the Star Wars film? The no, new actors? No. Their names sunk. All right. Let me just continue. What you You're giving me so much to edit out. It's ridiculous. But no, he's he's perfect. Um, and I think that he would have made a really good Joker. Um, just because when you go back and you watch Ramsey's uh, parts, and especially in this game, and he voices the character as well, he's funny. He really is. There are parts where you'll, like, legitimately laugh at just how deadpan he is when he's doing these awful, sadistic things. You know, they originally wanted him to play Jon Snow. Really? Yeah. I don't see that, but, uh... Yeah, I know. The Kit Harrington is, uh... And it's, it's totally not his fault, but Jon Snow, he was just always a such, such a boring character. He's a character. boring character, yeah. Kit Harrington's great, but, uh... It's not a terribly... He's just a plain old protagonist. Yeah. He's too good. Yeah, he's he's a he's Superman, like Superman syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Um, same thing fucking with white bread, dude. Ed, I mean, Eddard had a li- there's a li- he had some interesting quirks, but for the most part, I felt the same way about him. Yeah. Where it's like, I guess if you're gonna have to kill off any one of those main characters, it may as well be him. Yeah. Oh, I think, spoilers for a season of Game of Thrones, by the way. I think the thing that I really liked about Eddard is that he just refused to see the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what made him so lovable. He was honorable to a fault. He was honorable. Well, he saw the game. He just refused to play it. Yeah. Till the very end, and then it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. But, um, but that's what I liked about him. Yeah. I want to see Sean Bean come back from the dead. But yeah, so just... Oh, God. It was a really good game, and you should play it. I will. Okay, Eventually. so now... Did you find what you were just looking up just then? What no, are you, what are you I. About? Okay, well now we're gonna get to the fucking top ten or whatever, top fifty. No, yeah, we have to find a good fucking segue at this point because we ruined the last one. Oh, you remember how we was talking about the Oscars forty-five minutes ago? Well, yeah. we're gonna do our own Oscars with our top movies of twenty fourteen. I'll put some music in there for you. Fanfare. Yeah. Commence. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna do it right now. I'm gonna put it in after. Like now? Yeah. Bum ba da dum ba da dum ba da 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 Are you gonna fucking read? That made me so fucking happy. Alright, you you start off, because your list is much shorter. Yeah, I do. I only have I put three in the top three, because I really didn't even care about this bit so much. This was the Michael thing. Um and I you know. Uh my top three. What was your top number one? Let's compare. My number one? Yeah. We're not going to go from the bottom up and just have... All right, fine. Go from the bottom up. All right, so my number eight. I have top and bottom eights. Uh, <laughs> I have top three, bottom two. Yeah, but, okay. Although, actually, I, I thought of a third, too, because you mentioned it. But. Um, okay, and so I actually saw that one, which you did not. 
Okay, so top eight. Um, starting off, number eight, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, did you see it? No, I didn't, but I heard good things. I also heard good things. I saw it, and it was good. <laughs> I also I don't heard know what good things, and I said good things. <laughs> I said good things as well. Um, James Franco was great. He was not he in it. He wasn't in it. Yeah, he was... Uh, it was Best role of his life. It was... Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he had a cameo in it as a recording from the first film that was spliced into it. Was it from Amazing Spider-Man 3? No, thank God. Uh, but... He, uh, no, not he, I'm not going to talk about James Franco, but, (laughs) (laughs) but no, it it was a very, what I loved about it, it was a very interesting take on this whole brink of chaos kind of war situation, and it established tension really well in a way that a lot of people claim that the film Argo did, but I didn't really see it as much. I liked Argo. I liked it. Not as much as other directed movies, but. Yeah, but everyone was like, this is the best film ever, and I was like, yeah, it's alright. It was very good. But, um. But no, it did a very good job at showcasing both sides of the war and how, uh, you know, no one side is right. You have this conflict on each side and... Not even the monkey side. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so that was interesting, and it was just really well executed. Uh, which, it's, it's a franchise that when the first film was coming out, I thought it was going to fucking suck terribly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't. It was interesting. But my main complaint about the film when it first came out was, like, it was good, but you never see that you know, dawn or the rise or the beginning right. uh, of the whole Planet of the Apes. But I, I figured, you know, if they did like a trilogy of films where you showcase this whole progression of it, that'd be fucking awesome. And this is the second installation of what happens to be a new franchise, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. So. Okay. Number eight. What was number seven? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Because it reminded me of how much fun you can have while going to a theater and not necessarily have to walk out thinking about whose performance was the best. Didn't make my top three, but it was a good movie. Yeah, uh, number six, you will disagree with this because you haven't seen it, uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2. I don't disagree with that. I haven't seen it. You're correct. <laughs> I like the first one. Yeah, I would say that the second one improves on many of the aspects that the first one had. It took it in a darker direction, and I would definitely compare... That's that's exactly what, you know, um, you know... Colorful children's movies need is uh, gritty darkness and no chaos. no 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 it's it's not that forced gritty darkness but it's the progression of story that allows the circumstances to become darker oh. like how Empire Strikes Back to Star Wars Empire Strikes Back was infinitely darker than Star Wars did that make it better yes was it forced not necessarily so sure okay um coming at number five I have Snowpiercer. Which you haven't seen. Did not see it. Uh, Snowpiercer, it was a Korean-directed film. It had John Hurt, Chris Evans... That's weird. Ed Harris? Korean-directed, meaning it was directed by a Korean? Yeah. But was it a Korean production? Yeah. What? What? Uh, what? The, the entire cast was... Well, not the entire American? cast. There, there, was, there were two Koreans in the film, and the rest of the entire cast was uh, American, or... British, I believe, but, um... Okay. But, yeah, what this film was about, it was basically uh, a film where it's a dystopia, and the the Earth is frozen over. We try to counteract global warming by releasing some fucking gas into the atmosphere that cools the planet, which was a brilliant fucking idea by whoever did it, but it's actually a graphic novel adaptation, that's why it sounds so out there but uh and the last of humanity to survive are all the people who live on this one super train that travels around the world uh it's self-sustaining and blah 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 and you see this very clear class distinction between the people who live in the front of the train and the people who live in steerage 
And it's a revolt between the people in the steerage to the people in the front. And what I really like about it, as thin as the story is, is the performances are fantastic. And it's executed really well. Uh, it's one of the best revolution films I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I like that. Fair enough. Number four is a film called Grand Piano, which you've probably not heard of. No. Uh, it's It was a smaller film. It was released... It had a limited release in theaters, and it came onto Netflix, actually, immediately after that, uh, starring... Yeah, Whiplash is actually available uh, on video on demand. Is it? Yeah. So anybody that, you know, heard our review last week and uh, sounded interested, but are, you know, you're not in the New York or L.A. area, definitely check it out, video yeah. on demand. It's yeah. fucking worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, Grand Piano is a film with Elijah Wood and John Cusack, and the whole premise of the story is... Elijah Wood used to be, like, the top pianist or pianist in the penis. world. Yeah. And he was just fantastic until he had a complete mental breakdown on stage and choked. And it was in front on of... On his penis. Yeah, yeah. And it was in front of, like, hundreds of thousands of people. And he just fucked it up. And he couldn't put it behind him. So now it's his first time returning to the piano in, like, years and years and years. And he's playing his creator's old work and blah, blah, blah. And it's supposed to be his big, not comeback, but it's like, hey, guess what? I don't have a severe mental breakdown every time I touch a piano anymore kind of thing. And, uh, you know, he sits down to play the piano, and someone's up in the rafters with a rifle trained on him saying, if you fuck up one note, I will shoot you dead. So it's that very well, kind that of... that took a turn for a what the fuck. Yeah, so it's... so it's, Wasn't it's, expecting that in that review. <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh... So it was, it was a very kind of... It was one of those films where it was very small environment, it's very tight, kind of uh, edge-of-your-seat kind of thriller... Uh, kind of in harkness to what I would compare to the film Buried with Ryan Reynolds, uh-huh. uh, which I also loved. But uh, if it's on Netflix, I definitely say it's ninety minutes. It's really short, so just check it out. It's really good. I hope you like it. Yeah. Um, coming at number three, I have Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Oh, I forgot about that. Put that on there. <laughs> uh, which I honestly think is the best iteration of a comic book we can have on screen. That's not necessarily a complete a complete re-envisionment, but it is a comic book universe put on screen in an accurate way. Sure. I would say it's it's up there as one of the best Marvel movies to date. One of the best comic book movies to date. Um, maybe the best Marvel movie. I'm, I think I'm, there might be Marvel movies that I like more, but as far as it goes as a film holy fuck this was a really really good movie and that's shocking to me considering i hated the first captain america <laughs> you didn't even finish it did you i couldn't i couldn't i've tried on four different occasions have not finished that movie i can't it's awful there's a 15 minute dance number and yet all of the action scenes are done in montage because there's not enough time to show captain america being a superhero but you could watch him for the watch him be a fucking rocket for 20 minutes but, but yeah, and, and it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Why? Why? He's a super soldier. I fucking wanted to just strangle Tommy Lee Jones in that movie, where he's like, "Yeah, one of you is no good to me." Why the fuck not? He's better than literally every other soldier you have in the whole army, in the whole war, in the whole world. He's the best. And you're like, "Nah, we don't need you. Go, go, fuck off and die." And then the other guy's like, "You know what?" You, we can use you as a dancer um, to uh, sell 
what war bonds you know you know who else would work is like a fictitious superhero to sell war bonds an actor <laughs> literally anyone you'd be like yeah it's captain america punch hitler in the face why would you have to use like the actual fucking miracle of modern science <laughs> to dance around for children well it's, to it's, sell war bonds it's vintage science at this point well at, at this point but then it's like the most fucking miraculous thing that's ever happened he was like the fucking atom bomb only better because he's a dude and he had sweet abs but um yeah why why it didn't make any goddamn sense. You know it was like it only existed in that comic to justify the dance number, which went on forever. You know what was actually one of my favorite lines in uh, The Avengers? It was this, It was a scene in Captain America. Well, it was, it was one of my favorite lines that Captain America had up till that point, up until the Winter Soldier came out, and completely made me give a shit about Captain America, because up until that point... Who cares? Uh, yeah, who cares? Uh, again, it's fucking white bread. Uh, but no, he, he said a line... That made me really respect him in that film where he's... Fuck, what was it? He said something like, uh, I went to sleep when we were at war. I woke up. They tell me we won, but they didn't tell me what we lost. And it was that kind of thing where he would he would not have liked how he ended World War II with dropping the atom bomb. Oh, on I think he would have fine with it. You think so? Yeah. Everybody was fine with it back then. People mm. were assholes. Yeah, fair enough. And I guess people are still assholes. If you're the embodiment of the United States, yeah, you're probably an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm imagining like if he, he no, he's he's the embodiment of like, truth and justice and things. If he yeah. was the embodiment of America, he would be 500 pounds and his shield would be a fucking Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, um, but yeah, Winter Soldier. That was really. It good was too. fantastic. Not uh, on my top three, but. Yeah, moving on maybe to if number. I had a top ten, maybe. Yeah, moving on to number two, uh, I have Birdman. Yeah. Yeah, with Michael Keaton, Edward Norton, Emma Stone, and Naomi Watts. Yes. Yeah. Spoilers. I. Uh, that was my number one. Was your number one? Yeah. Number two is going to be your number one. Uh, yeah. Um, we've already talked about Birdman, so you don't need to hear us speak about it again. Yeah, it's really good. It's Go really see good. Because it it's Watch got it. a wider release now. Yeah. Uh, my number one would actually be Whiplash, which uh, is yeah. your number two, apparently. Yeah, and you know what? Like, it's so close. Um, yeah, it's really. I went back and forth between these two about for half an hour. For me, it's so close that you, you know, I, I could have put Whiplash as number one and felt fine with it. I could have put Birdman as number one and felt fine with it. I just have a little bit more of a of a connection to Birdman, I guess, on a personal level. Because of the stage acting. The stage acting, the superheroes, comic books, Michael Keaton's in it. Uh, it was cool. Um, but I, yeah, Whiplash, absolutely equally good. Yeah. Um, just, you know, for me, I feel like I could watch Birdman more times and get something out of it than Whiplash, which I could watch plenty of times, too. Uh, both fucking really, really fucking brilliant movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my number three was Tusk, because I just fucking loved the hell out of that movie. <laughs> it was so much fun. I really like it. We'll do a commentary on Tusk. Uh, we're going to do some commentary kind of things. You'll hear about that. When we do it. To come. Yeah. You'll, you'll find out. Oh, okay. So my worst. The shit list. I have, I have a bottom three. Um, I'll start with mine, because you did start the last one. My number three of the bottom three movies of this year, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go back and listen Fuck. to our review of Lucy, <laughs> me and Gia on Jesus Christ, that movie was, I didn't even know what happened. Scarlett Johansson was very good looking, but that was all it had. 
Um, damn, that was a stupid movie. <laughs> Hot fucking damn, it was. A, I, nothing about that movie made sense. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Number two on my bottom three, Godzilla. Yeah, I can not, see that. Not an altogether like horrible. F- it's not bad in the same way that the first American Godzilla was bad. Oh no, no, no! Completely different. Bad. I mean, I, I, I could probably honestly watch uh, the Roland Emmerich Godzilla sooner than the new one. Yeah. Well, at least the Roland Emmerich one has. There's some entertainment. Yeah. And they're entertaining in the worst way. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's cartoonishly <laughs> bad. It's, Literally, every character is a fucking cartoon. It's like some of them. Almost literally, because for some reason he cast everyone from The Simpsons in that movie. (laughs) Like, um, Harry Shearer plays a fucking news anchor, which he's the news anchor on The Simpsons. Um, And he's also, uh, oh god, who Reverend Lovejoy and a bunch of other people. Uh, Fucking Hank Azaria is in that movie, who plays Mo Sislak and plenty of other people. Um, Then... God, I can't think of her name, but Bart is in it. Who? Briefly. Who Bart is Simpson. he? It, it's a woman who plays Bart, but... Oh, who's yeah. she? She. I can't think of her name. She's a Scientologist. She was just on another uh, podcast on Podbean uh, relatively recently. She. She's fun. I like her. Um, but yeah, but it, Godzilla, the new one, it was just so boring. It was... And it commits, like, the biggest cinema sin in my mind. It's like... You're making a movie about giant monsters, and I'm really bored by it. How did that happen? It should be so fucking easy. But also, a very close second in terms of cinema sins. You took Brian Cranston and fucking wasted him. Yeah, he's in 15 minutes of the movie. He's, and I'm not just saying it because you know he's great, which he is. But his character was the only interesting character in that movie. He was the only one that had compelling circumstances. He was. And I I would say I growing up watching the original Godzilla films like it's something that I appreciated them going back to the the whole roots thing where you didn't really see him you know it was kind of more of the slow burn kind oh of thing. and that's fine well yeah but I mean it, after Pacific Rim it felt like a very kind of limp dick attempt at it uh, yeah but like I, I I would go with it if the story and the characters were compelling and interesting which they weren't no and brian cranston's character was even if it wasn't played by brian cranston it would still be an interesting character and i was more invested in his his story overall aaron taylor cardboard yeah but in fucking even if aaron taylor johnson was played by somebody who was more talented interesting I think, um, yeah. it it still would have been a boring fucking character yeah i just like he didn't have any it, it was a movie about him going from japan to california that was literally the plot of that movie that was his his circumstances was, oh, i gotta go back to my family brian cranston he's like i have to figure out what the fuck happened to my wife oh i've been researching everything and I, everybody i've lost crazy. everything because of it yeah, yeah. and here it is and now i'm dead the beginning of the film and if you haven't seen it the beginning of the film starts off with brian cranston he's young and uh it you know something goes wrong at this nuclear power plant and he has to let and watch his wife die in yes. front of his eyes it's, as it's he can do nothing about it. And it had me on the brink of tears because it was it was so well filmed. It was so well shot. And it and happens really quick in the movie. You don't get a whole lot of time to know either one of these two characters. But you still give you, a shit. You feel it because, yeah, the emotion, the performance was real. It was, it was honest. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was beautiful. 
And, you know, it got me really thinking, okay, if this, if this movie continues on this, I will be the happiest motherfucker in the theater. And within five minutes of me thinking that, Brian Cranston dies, and you follow Aaron Taylor Johnson around for the next two hours and nine minutes. Who, if you haven't seen it, is his son. Um, yeah. Who was, like, three or four when this whole fucking thing happened. So by the time the story picks up, uh, he has already, fuck it, he's over it. He's I mean, yeah, yeah, in the I'm Marines. Sure he, he he's he's in the army or whatever, and he has the most oddly specific job of any character in any movie, where he knows how to dispose of analog bombs. Yeah, um, which just so happened to be the exact talent that they needed at the end. Yeah, and for no reason. And it was and this very it was this very weird thing where it felt like every shitty sci-fi B movie thing where you throw the military in there just to watch those other people die. Yeah, you know every 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 circumstance Aaron Taylor Johnson is in in that film, it'll be him and like a platoon of people from the army. And guess what? At the end of every fucking scene, they all die just yeah. to prove that the situation is serious. And so he goes back to Japan to find his dad, who's been arrested or something, um, for going back to the area which they've condemned for being radioactive, uh, and. You come to find out that it's not radioactive, and it was just because they're researching the whole Godzilla egg, or the, what do they call it, Muto egg. Yeah. Um, and then he goes back to Hawaii after Brian Cranston dies in a Godzilla accident. Uh, and he's boring through the rest of the movie. He was, yeah, he was boring throughout the whole movie, should yeah. I say. He, um, Cracked ran an article a couple of months back where they made a really good point. It was, uh... Movies that could have been saved with, like, one subtle change. Like, one plot point different. Right. Brian Cranston not dying. Brian Cranston not dying and killing Aaron Taylor Johnson in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Because... That would give him even more of a reason to fight. Then he's literally lost everything. Yeah. Um, Can we get a reboot of that film? Yeah, just remake (laughs) it. Just reboot the fucking thing. Just immediately keep the same graphics people, because Godzilla looked great. It was the best Godzilla's ever looked in the history of cinema. Um... The even the Muto Cloverfield monsters is lame and boring as they were. They looked really good, uh, but yeah, just God, what a fucking boring movie. Yeah. And okay, number. And I, I and I again because the whole thing was like, oh, you don't get to see Godzilla to the end, and that's when he has a big fight. And I, I feel like I would have been so much happier watching that had Pacific Rim not spoiled me, me, me like 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 the year before by showing. Hello, speaking. Well, JK, we weren't recording the past hour. No, no, no. It was just like... Had Pacific Rim not spoiled me, what, a year or two years ago? Yeah. It would have been so much more gratifying, because after seeing Pacific Rim, you now know that you can make kaiju on screen look badass, and just have it run for two hours. But, like, I I, I don't fault that movie for... Oh yeah, keeping no. Godzilla out of the picture until and the it's completely end. unfair and to do so. Fine with that, like I, I'm, I'll totally go with it. But the rest of the movie has to be compelling enough to sustain my attention, and that is where it failed. Yeah. Um, none of the characters, I didn't give a shit about any of them. Um, Honestly, I can only remember Brian Cranston in that movie, and he was in it for five minutes. Ken Watanabe was in that movie. Yeah, and he he was great, and it sucks because I don't remember anything that he did. Because he was interacting with fucking Aaron Taylor Johnson for the whole movie, which was boring as shit. Yeah. It's like talking to a fucking cardboard cutout of an actor. Absolutely. Alright, so yeah, Godzilla 2014 sucked. Um, And then number one on my list, 
What do you think that is? Um, let let me guess. It's the Amazing Spider-Man two. Yes. Yeah. 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 I I don't know what what else can be said about this movie. It was fucking garbage. It's just schizophrenic. Had its moments. Um, there were like maybe a collective seven minutes of the movie where I really liked it, and it was just Spider-Man being Spider-Man. Everything else, though, just fuck it. I don't even. It doesn't even warrant talking about. What is your list? Okay, so first off, let me just say that I need two honorable mentions on here, and the reason why they're not technically on the list is because I didn't want to burden myself with having to watch this shit. The first one was called uh, Colorblind. By <laughs> some asshole and some yeah. other asshole. Yeah, no, um, the two honorable mentions are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers. I didn't say either one of them. Yeah. They could have been brilliant. They No, they really couldn't have. They really couldn't have. Um, but yeah, they, they look terrible. They look terrible. So I didn't see them. Okay. Anyways, starting off at number, t- uh, number eight is The Purge Anarchy. Now, the first one was dog shit, because they took probably the coolest premise you could possibly have in a thriller film, and fuck it up. Because the whole premise... Have you seen the first one? Yeah, I saw them both. Okay, yeah. So you have this whole premise where it's like, oh yeah, crime's legal, you can do whatever the fuck you want, so let's make a home invasion movie. Yeah. Well, that that was the failing of the first movie, is yeah. you had this much bigger world that you could have seen. Yeah, which... Um, and you didn't. Which but, is the benefit uh, of the second one. Well, and what the second one, but even then, I still feel like... like Okay, first of all, I didn't hate that movie. I really didn't. I don't really care about it. I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I was just kind of like, meh. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, which is like, you know, a low-budget horror movie that's going to satisfy teenagers. But Which it did. Yeah, it did. Both God, of those I movies did really fucking well. fucking hate my peers. Well, you know. Um... You, you're awful people, and everyone <laughs> hates you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I feel like the failing of the second one is I kind of want to know how we got to that point. Mm. Because making it outside, I get, yeah, it opens it up a little bit, but it's still the same problem. It's like instead of a home invasion, now it may as well be a zombie apocalypse or any other kind of disaster movie. It's us trying to stay alive. I want to know, who are these new fucking founding fathers who decided that we're going to have legal murder day once a year as the new Christmas? Because that's fucking interesting. <laughs> um, and I want to see them get punished. I want to see evil get fucking punished. And you did a little bit in this movie, but not really. That stupid lady the that you see in the preview. See, the whole... She should have been, like, tortured. I think that it would have been a great torture porn scene. The entirety of that... The entirety of that segment where, like, yeah, it's a revolution, just felt so out of left field. Like, I mean, it felt warranted, for sure. But I, there I was no... it was out of left field. Maybe narratively, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, Maybe it just... just it, it came out of nowhere. But I feel like within that world, that very much should exist. Yeah, it, it, it was warranted, but there and was I no build-up to it. And I almost want to see, like... Because I know that they'll, they're doing a third one. Because oh, the yeah. first two were monstrously successful. Yeah. Um, I, ca- I kind of want to see more about this revolution. Like yeah. the, the the black guy. I can't think of what his name was in the movie, but uh. It's because yeah, it's because you don't give a shit. I don't give a shit either. This movie was this movie fucking failed me on every level. Uh, for me, they took the advice of people were like, yeah, let's see it outside. And I figure, yeah, this could be cool. You know, you could see really cool things. You could have you know interesting characters. Like what kind of people are outside in this kind of circumstances. It's like one of those things where it is a legitimately interesting premise. 
Um, but it just fails in if writing. If you had a better writer, yeah, they yeah. Could, they, there's a lot that you could do about yeah. do with it. I think it would make a really good book, actually, maybe even better than a movie. Or a miniseries. No, 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 miniseries. A book. book, book. Uh, it, it could make a good miniseries. I don't think it'll get turned into that. But yeah, probably it, it would make a very interesting novel, given the right writer. Yeah, um, because you have this whole interesting premise of, like, you know, society has collapsed, things like that, and now you see people at their worst once a year. And you get to see, like, the it's really, exact... It's very similar to The Hunger Games and that whole premise, if you think about it. Yeah, um, and The Purge, like The Hunger Games, is appealing to 13-year-old girls. Uh, well, this one's appealing to 13-year-old boys. I think it's literally, like, a teenage male version of The Hunger Games. Yeah. Acting is just as shit. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's... Oh, God, it's, yeah, there was one character in particular... The guy, um, you remember the couple that you first see them arguing in a car? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is some of the worst acting I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Like, I, in, a, in, like, a relatively big movie. Yeah. Um, the, and, like, it, every time they tried to establish any sort of tension in the film, yeah. they would do something to fuck it up. Like, they'd have a character make a stupid fucking choice where you're just going to, like, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you say that? Was, that? that was, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, no person thinking logically would ever do that right there was a lot of that come to think of it i get that completely i forgot about that um like people picking up just leaving perfectly good weapons everywhere they're like oh look at this whole truck load of fucking guns that could save our lives we'll just take this one beretta let's go we're good right yeah we're good let me guess let me guess no no what about this one what about this one there's someone walking through the house looking for us but it's not sure that we're here Mm -hmm. so let's blurt out where we are yeah and hope that he's afraid of us to the point that he'll just walk yeah, away. Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was. Like, it was fucking such terrible, lazy, stupid characters writing. Characters just yeah, not behaving in any logical way. Oh like, god, I want so to... much. And it's not even like, not even a like don't go in there alone kind of horror movie cliche moment. They were literally things that just defied <laughs> logic. Logic, like to the point that you're like, how, how is this not a first fucking draft of a script? Like, this is something yeah. that you have somebody else read, and then they're like, no. 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 Basic premise? Beautiful. But let's talk about your characters and their choices. Yeah. I don't. Even even the main character, well, main character of the film, the per- and, like, seeing him you in mean the trailer. Frank Castle? Yeah. Basically. Well, even seeing in the trailer, you'd see this person who is, like, trying to help them out and things like that, and it turns out, you know, this person uh, is going out on the purge to kill someone who he had, like, he, this person ran over his son. Yeah. And he has no balls to go kill him on any other night of the year, so he waits till this year. And also somehow he's which a immediately diffuses, special weapons agent. Yeah, like, which immediately diffuses, like... That was another major, like, what the fuck moment. Because, like, you find out who he is, and he's just, like, this regular family man who's... Yeah, who now who knows how to... He's perfectly yeah. willing to, like... It's not that he's unwilling to take a human life. Yeah. It's just he's afraid to get caught. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. It pissed me off because if this if his motivational factor was so strong, then why wait to the point where it's consequence there's no consequence to it. Yeah. But because um, that's to me that eliminates all of the humanity and all of like the interesting conflict yeah. of interest that would come up in a character what? where you're like, I really want vengeance but I can't hurt another person. Instead, it's I really want vengeance, but, but I don't want to get, get caught. Trouble. Yeah, what would have what would have sold his character more for me is if they took out the whole you know his child is dead, he's going to go to revenge. Revenge. Yeah. It would have been infinitely more interesting to me if he was someone who went out on the purge to find people 
who don't want to do it and rescues them, basically. And you have that whole kind of Rorschach kind of dilemma where it's a very black and white kind of justice thing. Mm-hmm. And he's fucking insane because of it. Yeah. But he's someone that you trust with your life because you're forced to. You know what I think happened with this movie? We, it, they only got one draft of it? Well, the last one did really well, and it nobody expected it to. It was one of those movies where, like, it's, you know, a smaller studio, and they're like, okay, we're going to put it out. And then budget-to-profit ratio was enormous. Yeah. So, like, we need another one fucking now, and let's get it out next year. So it probably was a very early draft of yeah. the script where they're just like, okay, let's let's film this because we don't want the momentum to die down. And I think that it could have been a legitimately good, interesting movie had it given a time. little bit more time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I agree. And that's why it makes a shit list because... Yeah, it was just, it's, yeah, it's worse than it's, like it being some fucking it's worse stupid than being, Tyler Perry movie yeah. that was always going to be garbage no matter what. Um, it had yeah, legitimate but, potential. Yes. And it fucked it up. That's too bad. Hollywood, reboot this. Um, <laughs> just fucking reboot it already. No, just make the third one. Just good. make the third one and make it not terrible. Because we know that you're making a third one. Just give it some time. It's I mean, the franchise is fucking... Look proved what, itself at this point. Um, just make a good movie. Look Why at not? what happened to it's Iron Man to 2 do. when they pumped it out in a year and a half. Yeah, exactly. And that was like, you know, had a, that was a huge fucking movie. Yeah. Versus, you know, a smaller, like, pseudo-independent kind of small-budget horror movie. Yeah. Anyways, uh, next on this list, number seven, I, Frankenstein. Yeah, I completely forgot that that Fuck, was Fuck, that thing. was a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Actually, a perfect time to mention this, because it is now January, and this film was released in January, and fuck, fuck you, it's January. January. Fuck you, January. <laughs> it's always I don't, interesting. I don't know what there is to say about this. Like, unlike Purge 2, this is a movie where you saw it, you knew it was gonna be shit, and guess what? It was shit. Big surprise. Never had a chance. It never had a chance. It was fucking garbage. Don't watch it. Don't rent it. Don't, don't Redbox it. Don't Netflix it. Don't download it for free. Just stay away from it. Yeah. Um, number six, Godzilla. Already talked about sure. it. Uh, number five, The Legend of Hercules. Yeah, didn't see it. Also came out in January. Now, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No, not that one. What? The other one. Oh. There was another Hercules movie. Oh, yeah, there movie. were two Hercules <laughs> there movies were two of them. here. Uh, Why? <laughs> How does that happen? Like, we go... We're on it. I, I don't know how it happens, but this this is a movie that honestly has no redeeming quality. Well, the one that you saw was it was it was basically three hundred part three, right? That was the one that was shot in a very Zack Snyderian way. Yeah, yeah, very blank color palette. Actually, actually, you might be thinking of Immortals, not even this one. Oh, did that come out recently? It came out a couple of years ago. No, because well, three hundred Rise of an Empire came out recently too. Yeah. Maybe you're movies. thinking of the 300 knockoff that was actually a 300 movie. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't know. No, but uh, Legend of Hercules, fuck. I don't... This this was this was a movie where the acting was bad. The effects were bad. The choreography was bad. The cinematography was bad. Mm-hmm. The fucking costumes were bad. The set design was bad. Everything was terrible. I don't know how this was a movie. I don't know how this got a theatrical release. Yeah, I mean... That happens. I, I don't know. There's nothing... It's terrible. I, I It's terrible. Don't watch it at all. Okay. Um, number four. Lucy. Yeah. Uh, this wasn't in the honorable mentions, even though I didn't actually see it. But the reason why it makes this list is because this is the first trailer I've seen ever where I literally wanted to shoot myself 
just in this two-minute trailer. Yeah, it was... It, it didn't make any damn sense. It was fucking... All of it was bad. Um, number three, Maze Runner. Uh, continuing with this train of, train of young adult novels. Uh, They're gonna find another one. <laughs> no shit. Maze Runner, though, it was one where I was... Actually, I was extremely pleased. Like, I was really happy with it. Uh, it was filmed really well. It was acted just fine, despite having all teenage actors. Uh, it had legitimate tension in scenes. It was filmed in a very, very stylistic way that made it really interesting, really enjoyable to watch. It was really fantastic. Why might you ask that it make this particular list? Well, because this movie proved to me that no matter how good of a narrative you may have, how well you shoot a film, that the last 10 minutes of a movie can fuck up the entirety of it. And this was a movie where the last 10 minutes of it ruined everything else about the movie. Yeah. Um, so if you have to watch this movie, don't watch the ending. Don't watch the ending. It'll be a great film. Watch the movie, and it literally... That's, that's why it's put on number three as the top shittiest movies of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, number two, Brick Mansions. Uh, okay. So this was, this was an American remake... And it was remade solely for the purpose of, well, the original one wasn't in English, so we're going to make this one in English. And that's literally all it was. Have you ever seen Hunger... Uh, not Hunger Games. <laughs> Funny Games? No. It's, that's kind of the same thing. But it was a direct shot-for-shot remake by Michael Henneke, who is normally a really... Rude. Hello? Okay, um, if you just shut it, I'll come up and lock it later, okay? Alright, thank you. Who's normally a really good director, but this... I, I, I don't care for this film very much, but um, he did an Austrian version, and then he did a shot-for-shot remake uh, with... Nic- not Nicole Kidman. With fucking God, uh, Naomi Watts, as a matter of fact. Um, and it was just stupid. This- Go on. This film, um, well, the original film was a film called Banaloo 13. It was directed by Luc Besson, who's known for doing Taken. Yeah. Which, as much and as I... doing Lucy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, as much as I hate Taken, and Lucy, actually, apparently, it was fine. I mean, it was a good action movie, I and mean, I enjoyed it. There was no plot, which was fine, because it's just a French action movie. Um, uh, but when you make a shot, literally a shot-for-shot remake, but instead of having steady cam, you use shaky cam, and that's it, it pisses me the fuck off. Actually, oddly enough, the person who directed this film was Luc Besson's editor-in-chief on the original version of this film. Uh-huh. Okay? Now, Luc Besson went on to make Taken. Yes. The person who directed the remake of Luc Besson's film directed Taken 2. Really? Yes. Um, what about Taken 3? I don't give a shit at this point. <laughs> it looks like a remake of The Fugitive, but it's going to be shittier. Yeah. It's a, it's a January release film of The Fugitive. That's what I'm saying about it. Fuck you, it's January. Fuck you, <laughs> Fuck you it's January. Um, and my number one pick, like Mr. Pino here, is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because it is honestly the most painful, horrid, and agonizing two hours I've ever spent in a theater. Yeah, with the exception of watching the first Twilight film. 
It's not very good. It's terrible. It's terrible. I don't ever want to watch it again. I don't ever want to see it. I hate seeing posters for it. It just reminds me of this agonizing, painful experience in which I nearly tried to gouge my own eyes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... It was, a, it was a very bad movie. And that being said, we are going a little bit over time. Not that we have a time limit, but it's been a long time now. Yeah. So, so uh, I hope you like hearing us ye- talk and stuff. Otherwise... Yeah, apparently somebody does. Anyway, I'm Tyler Pino. I'm Michael Holler. Enjoy your burrito.